somebody like our God. Hallelujah. There ain't another one like him. You know, the Lord said in the last days, he said, don't be deceived. He said, they'll say Christ is here, there. There'll be some imitations come along, but there will never be another one. He declared it way back and the prophet spoke it. And the Lord said, I'm God, there is none beside me. And neither will there be one formed after me. Not another one coming. If you're looking for anything better, it ain't coming. If you're looking for something to come on down the pike that's a little better, it ain't coming. But he said, there won't be another one formed after me. I'm glad that I know who Jesus is today. Amen. Give the Lord a hand. Hallelujah. I'm glad I know him today. Glad I know him today. Praise God. Thankful. I want to say thank you again for all the, the honor at the beginning of the service. And I, we got to the last weekend. I was kind of hoping we'd escape that. I, it just makes me so... It's not that I don't... Please don't get me wrong. It's not that I don't appreciate it. I, I do. But my wife will tell you I am horrible. Uh, I don't... It's, it's hard for me to take gifts or compliments or things I just you know I tell people all the time I, I know that you love me so you know you don't have to get me nothing you don't have to say nothing special in front of nobody especially not in front of somebody oh awkward now I don't mind doing that to other people <laughs> just just hey just suck it up and take it but I just uh, would rather stay out of the limelight, you know. I just want to be what God wants me to be, amen. God's good. Whew. Oh, man. Let me read Job chapter 1. You know, I, I look for confirmation in things a lot of times, and I get it a lot of times for my messages through something somebody says or testifies or conversation. And this morning, uh, before this service, I was talking to Brother JT, and he he mentioned, quoted something that Job said. And so I was like, thank you, Lord. Always love that little you're on the right track <laughs> kind, of, kind of thing he does for me. And so I knew that I had something from the Lord today but I always like to be sure. You don't get up here and just say what you want to say. You want to say what the Lord wants you to say because somebody might not be back the next service. This might be the last time you get to preach to them. That doesn't mean something tragic is going to happen. Maybe they just won't be back. They move jobs, whatever. You want to make sure that you're preaching to the people. So Job chapter 1 well, we know the story of Job, how that Satan came and inquired in front of the Lord. The Lord said, well, have you thought about Job, my servant? And he gave the enemy leeway to go and touch his stuff, touch his health, different things. And that's where we come here in verse 13. 
uh, on a day that Job really wished had never come. He said, and there was a day when his sons and daughters, Job's sons and daughters, were eating and drinking wine in their eldest brother's house. And there came a messenger unto Job and said, the oxen were plowing, the donkeys feeding beside them, and the Sabians fell upon them and took them away. Yea, they have slain the servant with the edge of the sword, and I only am escaped alone to tell thee. While he was yet speaking, there came also another and said, The fire of God has fallen from heaven and burned up the sheep and the servants and consumed them, and I only am escaped alone to tell thee. And while he was yet speaking, there came another and said, The Chaldeans made out three bands, fell upon the camels, carried them away. Yea, and slain the servants with the edge of the sword, and I only am escaped alone to tell thee. And while he was yet speaking, there came also another and said, Thy sons and thy daughters were eating, drinking wine in their eldest brother's house. Behold, there came a great wind from the wilderness and smote the four corners of the house, and it fell upon the young men, and they are dead, and I only am escaped alone to tell thee. Then Job arose and rent his mantle shaved his head and fell down upon the ground and worshipped and said, Naked came I out of my mother's womb and naked shall I return thither. The Lord gave and the Lord hath taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I want to preach for just a few moments today on this thought. The God of what's left the God of what's left. Let's pray for the message today. Jesus, we thank you for your faithfulness. There is not another God like you. There is no one like you. Now, Lord, bless us today as we hear your word. Let us receive it into good ground. Let us be made better, complete. Let us be made whole today. We ask it in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise as you're seated this morning. Thankful for the God of what's left. I know that I am not the first preacher to ever use this title. It's been preached. I don't know that there's anything new that can be preached now. But I'm not uh, fixing to just preach somebody else's sermon. Well, 2020 has been a year to remember we would love to forget. I've heard people say that from now on. They'll use 2020 as a a phrase or a a label. Man, that job just like 2020. Or, you know, that that car is just like 2020. That that person just like 2020 because uh, we have endured some unimaginable things. It's, It's not just been the things that came upon our country the virus on the world. Uh, It's been a time of unrest. It's been a time of struggle and strife. But not just as a world or as a nation, but even in our own personal lives, we have had a lot of uh, ups and downs and tragedies and setbacks and loss in our lives. But not just 2020. You know, you could look back to 2019, I remember people saying, man, I can't wait for 2019 to get out of here. It seems like we say that every year because the truth be told, uh, a man that is born, his days are few and full of trouble. That was another thing Job said. 
But it just seems like this is the worst because we're right here in it at the end of it. And it feels like we've suffered a lot of loss. But I want to tell you something today that the God we serve is faithful. He's faithful when we got it. He's faithful when we lose it. He's the God of what's left. Whatever has robbed you of joy, whatever has robbed you of peace, whatever has set you back, took, uh, why is it my life like everybody else's? Why do I struggle like I do? Why, why do I not have the joy and, and these things? And when I start taking inventory of all the empty space in my life, I have to remember that he's the God of what's left. The Bible says he's omnipotent. He's omnipresent. He's everywhere. The Bible says he fills the heavens, the earth. There's no place to contain him. That ought to encourage us because when we feel like we have a void in our life, guess who fills the void? When we have an empty space in our life, guess who fills the empty space? When I'm telling you, he will not leave you and he will not forsake you. Hello. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. Mm, there is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. I can go on. That God is able, even when there is nothing, to be there and give you something. I'm glad today that the God we serve is not just a God of blessings, but he is a God of blessings. We read Psalm 23. We find that he's the Lord of no want. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He's the God of green pastures and still waters. He's a restorer of my soul. He's a protector, his rod and staff. He's a provider. He uh, gives me anointing. My cup runneth over. He has riches in glory that supply all my needs. He said, I'll pour you out a blessing that you cannot contain it. He is the giver of every good and perfect gift that comes from above. He daily loadeth me with benefits. The Bible says he owns the cattle on a thousand hills. He is the God of all of our stuff. Yeah. He is a God of blessing. He's the God of all of our stuff. And buddy, we love our stuff. We love our stuff. We love our lives. We love our families. And every single thing we have came from him. But in this life, we lose things. And he is the God of what we have lost. And he is the God of what's left. And everything that we ever could have had or ever going to have came from him. I'm glad that he's the God of all my stuff. Is he the God of your stuff? Well, then if he was God when you had it, he's God when you lost it. Come on. He's still God. And if he's the Lord and he doesn't change and God's good all the time, he's good when you had it and he's good when you lost it. He's still good. God's good all the time. That's right. He's the God of what's left. Even if it's a four-day-old stinking rotten corpse. Hey, Mary and Martha. Oh, don't roll that stone away. The only thing left 
is a dead, rotting corpse. But I'm the God of what's left. I'm the resurrection and the life. Whatever you have lost, there ain't nothing that God can't find. Whatever you have misplaced, there ain't nothing that God can't replace. Hello? There ain't nothing that God can't restore or rebuild or put back in order. He said, I build the waste places. When life has tore it down and, and left it burnt and scorched, he's the God of what's there. There's still something there. Well, I feel like there's nothing going on. When the world was without form and void, all he had to do was say, let there be. And when your life is without form and when it's void, just listen to his word. Let there be. He wants there to be peace and comfort and strength. He wants you to be saved. He wants you to be healed and filled. He's the God of what's left. It doesn't matter how useless it looks to us. He can still do anything with it. Mm. Come on, somebody. You're going to have a trial or a test in your life. And trials might end your stuff, but they don't end you. It might be the end of my things, but honey, I'm still here. Job could testify. He was heartbroken. He was uh, ripped to shreds. But he said, I might not have all my things, but I'm still here. The Lord's good and the Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Job may have not had his cattle, but he still had his integrity. He may not have had a lot of things, but he still had his faith in God. And most of all, he still had God. Because God's still there. He's still God when I lose it. When I lose it, that's not the end of me. It's just the end of my things. He is the God of my victories. He's the God of my shout. He's the God of my praise. He's the God of my blessings. He's the God of my joy. But he's also the God... That's in my heartbreak. He's the God in my pain. He's the God in my sickness. He's the God in my fall or my failures. He's the God in the midst of my trial. He has his way in the whirlwind and in the storm. Whatever I get, I want it to be from God. Whatever I get, I want it to be from him. But if I'm losing... I want him to be there too. Job said the Lord gave. Well, I'm thankful when he's given. Let me tell you, if something's going to be taking it away, I want it to be the Lord. I want God to have his way in it. I waited quick giving so much credit to everything else and realize that God has ordered my steps. The Lord, Job said the Lord gave, the Lord takes. How many believes he's the perfect giver? Every good gift, every perfect gift is from above, from the Father. He's the perfect giver. That makes him the perfect taker. He ain't took nothing from you that you had to have. If he let it go, if he let it leave your life, you didn't need it. You thought you had to have it to get by. You thought you had to have it to survive. You thought your life was all tied up in it, but you're still here. Somehow you're still worship. Somehow you're still praising. Somehow you're still going on. If he's the perfect giver, he is the perfect taker. 
He never took anything. So, oh, oh, I took too much. He's not like your barber. Oh, <laughs> took a little too much right there. Can't give it back. If God takes it, tribulation worketh patience. Patience, experience, experience, hope. Hope maketh not ashamed. God knows that there's a process. Things are coming. Things are going to be He's not taking anything out of your life that's not going to be better for you. God's not a robber. A robber will steal things that are valuable that you need. But God takes things. God's, God's a pruner. I'm getting the stuff off that doesn't need to be there so you can produce more fruit. But it looks like, I've seen these landscape guys go out and prune these trees, and I'm like, ain't much left. And then the following spring, look at all these flowers. Look at all these branches, all this new growth. It looked like a bunch of sticks in the wintertime. Sometimes your life feels like a bunch of sticks. That's all right. God can build with sticks. God can do things with them sticks. This happened. That happened. This hit me. This fell on me. This crushed me. There's not anything left. Yeah, but you're still here. And he's the God of what's left. I suffered past you. I, I know. It hurts. It was bad. It broke me. But you're still here. And if you can see what God can do with what's left. Well, this didn't work out the way that I wanted it to work out. This didn't turn out the way I wanted it to turn out. And yet, you're still here and God can still do with you exceeding abundantly above anything that you can ask or think. Let's stay up here, I guess. Give me a little more of me back up here, brother. I know you had to turn me down for a second. I got to hear myself. The Lord is the perfect giver. Oh, he gave his life. No more perfect gift than that. He gave his blood, gave us the Holy Ghost, gives us peace. Just on and on, joy, unspeakable and full of glory. But, but God is the perfect taker. I know it's hard to wrap your mind around that because we like our stuff. We like our things. We like our people. We like our relationships. We like our jobs, our everything. We, we just like our stuff. But sometimes God is going to take things because it's just not what's best for you. God is God either way. If he's given or he's taken, he's still God. Job could have quit. So that's it. I have served God. I have sacrificed. I have, we read about his life. Hey, just what God said about Job, Job 1 and 8. And the Lord said unto Satan, Have you considered my servant Job? There's nobody like him in the earth. That's big words coming from God that created the heaven and earth. There's nobody like him in the earth. Perfect, 
And an upright man, he fears God and he skews evil. Ain't nobody like him. Ain't nobody like him. Job could have quit. He could have said, that's it. I have served God. I have sacrificed on behalf of my children, make sure they were okay. I have done everything I could, and now he took my stuff. But Job realized that he's not only the perfect giver, he's the perfect taker. Even when Job lost his stuff, there were some very important things left that he still had. Job still had his integrity. That was left. His faith was left. His praise was left. His worship was left. Because let me tell you, there ain't nothing can steal that. Those are things you have to let go of. They ain't a situation. There ain't a devil in hell. There ain't no problem that can take those things away from you. Those are things that you have to relinquish. You can lose everything but keep your worship. You can lose everything and keep your praise. You can lose everything and still have faith. You can lose everything and hold on to your integrity because those are things that you built up in your relationship with God. Job said in Job 13 and 15, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. But I will maintain my own ways before him. I'm going to, now when he said his own ways, he didn't mean I'm going to do my own thing. He was following the ways of God. And he said, I'm going to maintain my walk with God even if he decides to slay me. The things that made him the man that God described in verse 8 are still there. See, the devil didn't want his stuff. He wanted Job. He wanted to destroy him. He wanted him to curse God. He wanted him to point his finger in God's face and curse him and say, why did you take my stuff? But he didn't realize that Job wasn't who he was because of the stuff. He was who he was because of his faith in God. He was who he was because of his worship. Yeah, he would rather worship with his stuff, but if his stuff is gone, he's going to worship anyway. God never described Job as a man of material wealth. His description didn't include one single thing. He didn't name his children or his flocks, nothing. His money, his wealth. He said he fears God. He's perfect, he's upright, he stays away from evil. He wasn't about stuff. You may lose some things, but you keep your faith. You may have some troubles and trials. You may feel like things have, have disappeared in your life, but let me tell you, you keep your worship. You keep on serving God because he's the God of what's left. There was a man in the scripture Jesus comes off the mountain. He's been preaching. When he comes down off the mountain, here comes a leper. Ain't much left except his worship. Because he said he ran, and even in that condition, he ran, he fell down, and he worshiped the Lord. I don't know what he looked like. Leprosy can be real ugly. Maybe his hands were bandaged up and he didn't have any fingers. Maybe his nose was gone. It happens. They lose those those members like that quickly when it's bad. I don't know how bad it was. 
But it wasn't so bad that he didn't fall down and worship the Lord. It wasn't so bad that he still couldn't recognize he's the king. He's the master. He's the savior. He's the God of what's left. And the Lord reached down and touched him while he was still a leper, which I'm sure anybody standing around went, because you don't touch them. You don't even get near them. You sure don't lay your hand on them. But it said he laid his hand on him while he was still a leper. God will touch you, put his hand on you in your mess. And that leper got up different. I don't know if fingers grew back. I don't know if his nose came. Uh, something come back. Uh, something come back that made him whole. Uh, he wasn't whole. He was, something was eating him up. Something was tearing his life up. But when he still went to the God of what's left, he said, this is all I got, a shell of who I used to be, but I'm going to worship you. And God made him whole. Well, you better know God's talking to somebody in this house today. You quit trying to measure your life by what you've lost, and you look at what you've got left. You got some praise. You got some faith. God's able to give it again. God's able to bless you again. God's able to raise it up again. Because he's the God of what's left. Now the enemy, see, the world, you see, will view people like Job as a person of stuff. The world's view, which was the same as the enemy's view, skin for skin, all that a man has, he'll give for his life. The world thinks we're just out for ourselves. Why, Job fears you for nothing. You put a hedge about him for nothing. You blessed him and gave him all this stuff. And that's the way the world sees people, that we're only good as long as we've got our stuff. But God's view was he's upright. He fears God. He hates evil. He's perfect. He's complete in who he is in that aspect. Ain't nobody like him in the earth. That was God's view. But the devil's all about stuff. He tried to uh, uh, offer, he offered Jesus stuff in trade for worship. I can give you all this because it's given unto me to just give it to who I want to. If you'll fall down and worship me, get behind me. Because we can't worship, it's written. I can't worship nobody but the Lord. I can't worship nobody but God. There is an enemy, I, I'm going to say this, there is an enemy that wants to destroy who you are. The Bible says he's a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. The taking of things is not what it's about. It's about destroying you. Man, the old devil stole my car. Have you seen him driving it? You lost your car because you quit making the payments. The old devil took my house. Is he living in it? Got to pay the mortgage. Devil cut my lights off. <sighs> Even if he could. Why? Because he just wants to cut your power. Oh, it would be so he could get you to curse God. Right. Jesus said in John 10 and 10 that the thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and destroy. He said, I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. 
You've heard me say this before. Jesus was saying, this is what I can do. Leave that up there for a second. See, let's leave that scripture up so we can just watch it. The thief comes, got a purpose. I am come after him so I can do something and make a miracle out of what's left. He came to steal. I'm going to bring it back. He came to destroy. I'm going to put it back together. He killed it. Then I'm going to come give it life because I can take what's left and make a miracle. I can come behind the mess maker and make a miracle. Don't get weary in well-doing. The Bible tells us don't get weary in well-doing. Listen, you serving God ain't about your stuff. Keep your heart right with God. Keep your praise. Keep your worship. Don't stop doing what's right. God will bless you. You will rape. Oh, rape. No, don't say. You will reap. <laughs> Cut the tape off right there. You will reap if you faint not. Oh, Jesus, help me now. The God of what's left. He's he's the God of what's left of this message. So let's. Praise God. He's going to have to come behind that mess and make a miracle now. Praise God. You don't get weary, though. You keep doing what's right. He told Peter, man, I'll give you the keys, buddy. But listen, Satan has desired to have you to sift you as sweet. But I have prayed for you that your faith fail not. Whatever you lose, as long as you got faith left, you'll still be standing up on the day of Pentecost. You'll still be using them keys, Peter, if your faith won't fail. You might lose some things. You might lose some, some notoriety in people's eyes. There may be some things you may lose, but let me tell you that you just hang on. I'm praying that your faith fails not. I want something to be left. Because if there's a little bit of faith, even as a grain of a mustard seed, we can move a mountain. If there's faith, just like faith, like a mustard seed, we can move a mountain. I don't tell you what you, I'm sure he was, you know, Peter was heartbroken over his denial of Jesus. I'm sure he was discouraged at the rebuke of Jesus. But what he had left kept him, what he had left caused him to stand up on the day of Pentecost and preach a message that changed the world at the birth of the church. And what you may have lost or what you have lost, it could be uh, discouraging and heartbreaking. But what you have left is powerful. What you have left is powerful. Your praise has not lost any of its punch just because you don't have your stuff. Yeah. Your worship is just as welcome to God even without your stuff. Yeah. God wants to know what are we going to do when all I have left is our relationship. Will you still praise me? Will I be enough? When all the other stuff is gone away, Jesus is asking you and me, will I be enough? Because if you've got him, you've got it all. 
Job got twice as much back in the end. He lived 140 years. He was, the Bible says he was old and full of days. Saw four generations of his family. Let me tell you, it was because he would not let go of his integrity. Why don't you curse God and die? That's foolish talk. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to hold on to my integrity. What you have left is going to frustrate the enemy's plan to destroy you. I can't imagine. I don't know. I wish maybe we could have seen the enemy's view of Job's reactions. Watch him right now. He just tore his clothes, through, shaved his head, tore his clothes. He's fixing to point that finger at God. But instead, the Lord gave, the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Maybe one of his little trainees was like, is that what he's supposed to say? <laughs> no, it wasn't what he was supposed to say. Woo, your faith is going to frustrate the enemy. Your praise is going to frustrate the enemy. Your worship, your dance, your ministry, your preaching, your teaching. Come on, somebody, your testifying, your witness. It's going to frustrate that enemy because he only has plans to destroy you. Oh, but when you can lift your hands and say, blessed be the name of the Lord. When you can lift your voice and say, bless the Lord, oh, my soul. And all that is within me, bless his holy name. With your body racked in pain, and you can still say thank you, Jesus, for another day on this earth. You're going to frustrate the plans of that enemy. He cannot stop the plan that God has for your life. I'm asking you, what do you have left? One time, Paul said in my first answer, all men forsook me. Nevertheless, the Lord stayed with me. He's the God of what's left. Everybody else left. God's still here. When you stand for God and do right for God, people leave. People can't handle your level of consecration sometimes and they, hey, I got to get out from around you. People can't handle you walking away and they'll talk about you because you don't do the same things that you used to do. Hey, you used to come and hang out and drink with us, smoke dope with us and stuff, but you don't do that no more. That's right, I don't. That's not who I am. I've been born again. I'm serving the Lord. You can serve him too. I think we'll just let you go on. Okay. What you got left now, all your friends ain't around. I got the Lord. One time when I got into the church, I wanted all my buddies to come to church with me. They didn't. Matter of fact, they didn't want nothing else. They, they weren't ugly. But I just didn't get the phone calls or the invites anymore. Nobody's asking me to go play golf or play ball no more. Of 
course, I wasn't going to go if they was playing poker and things like that. I quit all that nonsense. But, you know, they just quit. I would call them, hey, what's going on, man? How are you? Oh, man, not much. Hey, I got to go, bro. Okay. I wanted them to come. And, man, I was kind of tore up over that. Because I was like, man, we were so close and such good friends. And one night a guy came to me in service and he said, listen, what would it, what would you be profited if you gained the whole world and lost your soul? He said, you haven't let go of anything or given up anything that God's not going to give back in abundance. Now I'm going to tell you, I love them boys still to this day. And when I see them, I hug them and I kiss them and I, yeah, I kiss them on the cheek. They're my brothers. So don't nobody get freaky. <laughs> I love them to death. I tell them I love them. But I don't hang with them. But I tell you what, God gave me friends over in abundance, brothers and sisters in the Lord, and, and, and made sure I had what I needed as far as relationships were concerned in my life. God gave it back. I'm asking you, what do you got left? Oh, remember that widow woman we were talking about earlier this morning? Elijah came to her and he said, hey, make me something to eat. I don't, all I have left is a little bit of meal and a little bit of oil. That's all I have left. He said, well, if you'll take what you got left and give to me first, God will bless it and it won't ever run out until God sends rain on this earth. Because when you're down to nothing, when you're scraping the bottom of the barrel, when it ain't nothing but a film of oil left in the bottle, God's the God of what's left. Come on, somebody. You feel like I am out of gas. That's all right. God's the God of what's left. I have poured out and poured out and poured out, and I'm, I feel like I don't have nothing left. God is the God of what's left. And God can revive, and God can restore, and God can rebuild, and God can resurrect. Come on, somebody. God can put it back together. God can give you back what you need. God will give you what it takes to sustain you. Have you got any faith left? You had a hard time? Have you got some faith left? Oh, faith is a grain of a mustard seed. Anybody got any praise left for God today? 2020 been tough. We've seen some rough things. Anybody got any praise left? Pastor, I've been through this. I've been through that. My family's been through this. Okay, got any praise? Got any worship? Still got your integrity? Still hanging on to God? Woo, I wonder, could you lift your voice for a minute and just love him? That widow woman said, this is all that I have left, but that was enough. Because when you take what you got left and put it with a mighty God, honey, it will always be enough. He said, I can do exceedingly abundantly above all that you ask or think according to the power that worketh in you. He said, I want to know what you got left. And then I'll blow your mind. I just want to know what you got left and I will shock you. Mm -mm -mm -mm. 
That's all I got. He said, it'll be enough. It's going to last till God sends the rain. I didn't tell somebody it's feeling mighty dry today. The rain's coming. I said the rain's coming. You know what we used to like to do, what I used to like to do when I was a child? I used to like to play in the rain. Run out in the rain. Stomp in the mud holes. Get soaking wet. Just go out with it. The Bible said to have faith like a child. So when we get grown up, we're like, would you come in out of the rain? We get grown and we get all. Come out of the rain. Well, you know what? We need faith as a child. And we need to run out into the rain. Because the rain's coming. Showers a blessing. But until it does, the God of what's left is going to sustain you. It's going to keep you alive. It's going to do miracles in your life. She knew what was left. And every day, she went back into her amazement. It was enough for another day. Maybe they ate three times a day. Maybe they had a snack in between. I don't know. But I promise you, every time she went to that barrel, there was something in it. And every time she went to that oil, there was something in it. And if she wanted to have guests over, hey, I'm having a dinner party. You got food? I sure do. I wonder if somebody walked in and saw, oh, that's all she's got. How does she make 28 biscuits with that? Because God will take what's left and do the miraculous. God will take didn't just bless her, blessed her child, blessed the prophet, fed them till the rain came again. The Lord's going to send it. Ezekiel said, and I will make them and the places around about my hill a blessing. And I will cause the shower to come down in his season. And there shall be showers of blessings. What happens when it rains? And the tree of the field shall yield her fruit. And the earth shall yield her increase. And they will be safe in their land and know that I am the Lord. Mm. There was something planted beneath the surface. Isn't it funny how in a drought you can look and see nothing but bare brown dirt. And the rain falls and these little sprigs of green. Where was that? That was what's left. And when God sent the rain, what was left started growing. Because the seed can endure. God designed fruit to have seed in itself. Now, when we get an apple, good old, beautiful, delicious apple, spinning around, spinning around, spinning around. You know, when I stop, when I see the seed, then I throw it away. This is all that's left. I just threw away. I could have went and planted a tree. I could have planted a tree and got a bunch of apples. To be times we throw away what's left and don't realize what God can do with it. But God put seed in the fruit so we could enjoy the fruit again. What is left is able to produce. You feel like I've been gnawed down to the core. That's all right. That's where the seed's at. 
Let me tell you something about living in the country that you learn. That seeds can get planted all kinds of ways. I got little persimmon trees growing everywhere. I didn't plant them. You know what happens to persimmons? Deer eat them. Seed and all. I don't know how to say this except just to say it. But there's a seed in the mess. Oh, that's awful. But yeah, but what was mess became fertilizer. And before you know it, there's a tree growing. We just want the mess to go away. But sometimes there's going to be a little mess in your life to fertilize the seed that's been waiting for the rain. And the rain's going to come down. And the rain's going to rain on the fertilizer. And it's going to get the seed, and the seed's going to begin to grow. And let me tell you, there'll be fruit again. Man, I got persimmons all over my property. He said, I got mess all in my life. Then you better get ready for abundance of fruit. Because God is the God of what's left. And if the fruit's been devoured, he left a seed in it so it could grow again. You are not done. You are not over. It's not the end of your life, honey. It's just the beginning. He's the God of what's left. A seed equals tree. A tree equals fruit. Fruit equals product. And the seed will exist. until You ever planted a garden? Well, I hope it rains. I hope it rains. A couple of weeks without rain, it don't matter. It'll be all right. Couple of weeks of the rain, here comes that. The seed can endure until the rain comes. Got some people waiting on the rain today. I know there's people in this house that are you just waiting on the rain. Because God's done things in your life. It seems like I've been sidetracked. Seems like I've been derailed. Seems like my life has been turned upside down. That's okay. Because God's still the God of what's left. And there ain't no, nothing in here so broke it can't be fixed. There ain't nothing in here so undone that it can't be redone. God is able today to do in your life. God's able to take what you've got left. Just take what you've got left and keep you and feed you and sustain you. Don't give up. I'm about to close. I know I, I got excited and got you on up here. I, I, was, I, was, I wasn't quite there, but I like the music, though. I, I got to fix all that other business. <laughs> Paul Silas preaching the gospel. Arrested, beaten, thrown in jail. All they got left is prayer and praise. And it shook the foundations, dropped off the shackles, swung open the door. It's amazing what God can do with what you've got left. Last scripture, stand with me. In Habakkuk chapter 3, I told you, you know, the world's view is, well, we're only blessed if we've got stuff, but 
prophet here lets us know that ain't how it works. He said, although the fig tree shall not blossom, neither shall fruit be in the vines, and the labor of the olives shall fail. The fields yield no meat. The flock shall be cut off from the food, and no herd in the stalls. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. My praise is not predicated on the things I have. The potential I have for serving God is not predicated upon the things that I have. I can serve God without flocks in the field. I can serve God without animals in the stalls. My vineyards may be bare, but I can still serve God. He said, yeah, I'd love to have all that stuff. Be nice. But I'm still going to rejoice in the Lord and I will joy in the God of my salvation. The Lord God is my strength and he will make my He's going to make something of me. He's going to make my feet like hinds feet and he will make me walk upon high places. One place the scripture tells me to be content with such things as I have. That might be all I have left. For he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be content with such things as you have. Sometimes that's just what you have left. But that's enough. Here I am. We all came to the altar with just what we had left. The shell of a life. The life that we had Abused and destroyed and done things to and neglected God with it. It's a fixer up for God. That's okay. I'm good at fixing broke things. I sure am glad. I said earlier, somebody's waiting on the rain. While she's playing, I want to ask you to come down in faith. I want you to come to this altar. Come in here. You can kneel or stand. But if you're waiting on that shower, if you know there's something planted, something that's waiting to grow, oh, it's been dry. It's been a mighty long, dry season. But there's something coming. I want you to come find a place and lift your hands in this altar. And you just tell God, this is what I've got left, but I'm offering it up to you today. This is what I've got left, God, but here it is. I give it to you by faith. It's not what it what I thought it would be at this point, but this is what I got left. This is what's left of me, of my ministry, of my life. But I believe you, Jesus. So here I am. Here I am in this altar to give you what's left. Give it to the Lord today.
Ghost is moving in this place right now. If you can feel his presence, I just want you to lift your hands. God's not through in this place. Oh, come on. One of we could stand up and lift our hands to the Lord in this building right now. Yeah. Hallelujah. The Holy Ghost is reigning in this place. Come on, stretch your hands. Let your faith go in this building. There's kids praying for the Holy Ghost. Lives being renewed. Oh,
everybody stretch our hands this way and just pray. This young man praying for the Holy Ghost. Let's pray God will just bless him. Fill him with it today. Hallelujah. Have faith right now. One more time. He's starting to pray again. Let's let's push for it one more time. Ask God to fill this young man with the Holy Ghost. Oh yeah. Jesus, by your power. Woo. Now Lord.
somebody give the Lord a hand and shout of praise. Still pouring out his spirit. Thankful for our children getting the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Praise God. if I could say something. I don't want you to stop praying, but I want you to know what the Lord is doing right now. And I don't just walk up here and just, I'm not trying to take authority and I'm not trying to do anything out of order, but I, I want you to know and understand that, that yes, we, 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 did he just get the Holy Ghost? He just got the Holy Ghost. But listen, there, there is something that keeps on playing over and over in my mind. There needs to be a rebaptism of Holy Ghost and fire in this place today. And I'm not talking about just speaking in tongues like a robot because everybody else is doing it. I want us to lift our hands. And I want it to be between nobody but you and Jesus. Okay, everybody in this room, the Holy Ghost is moving. I feel it so strong, I can't even hardly stand up. I'm telling you, there is about to be a baptism of Holy Ghost and fire. You are going to be baptized anew. You are going to be filled and refilled anew in the name of Jesus. This is just not for the newcomers. This is for those of us that have been in the trenches. This is for those of us who have been in the fight. This is for those of us who have not quit. This is for those of us that keep standing. I want you to lift your hands right now and I want you to be rebaptized in the Holy Ghost afresh and anew in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. That, I don't want any music right now. I don't want no music right now. I want you to lift your voice like a trumpet. The Lord is not through with us. The Lord is not through with this church. Come on. Front to back. Front to back. All the way in the back. I want you lifting your hands. The Holy Ghost is moving right now. And if you have never spoken in tongues in the name of Jesus, I want you to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost right now. Oh, yes. And I don't care how long you've had the Holy Ghost. You allow yourself to begin to speak in tongues like you've never spoken in tongues before. Let there be a new sound. Let there be a new tongue in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Woo. There's a cloud of glory that has settled over this place. Woo. Come on, this is just between you and Jesus right now. This is between you and Jesus right now. I want you to lift your hands and lift your voice. I want you to let there be a cry come out of you.
Come on, church, let's tarry just another minute or two. Let's just tarry in the presence of the Lord. Yes, 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 yes. God's taking us to a new dimension. He's taking us to higher heights and deeper depths. God, break us. Break us open right now, God. Yes, Jesus, yes, Jesus, yes, Jesus, yes, Jesus, yes, Jesus. 